Welcome to Radio KAL, the Superman podcast brought to you by supermanhomepage.com. This is show number 96, released a week early on December 19th, 2012. Uh, my name is Steve Eunice, and joining me is my good friend Scotty V, or Santa Claus as we sometimes call him. <laughs> yes, indeed. Sorry, everyone. I'm currently eating a brownie. Is that one of those brownies that's been left behind from you know from your trips as you go around the from house to house? Well, I'd be really, I'd be like a year old now. No, I, I, uh, I made this is in like a TV dinner. If the kids out there know know what knows what those are, it's a little brownie that comes in the little corner of the TV dinner. You eat the meal, and then the brownie's all warm and nice afterwards. Mm. I'm eating it now so you guys can hear me, even though it's very rude, because I want everybody out there to go head out and get a brownie of their very own. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, if you're going to eat on a podcast, you've got to bring enough to share around. Well, sure. They're all out there. <laughs> Just people have got to buy them. Exactly. <laughs> They're there, though. I, I took care of you. They're out there. <laughs> now, as I said, this is released a week early on December 19th. Uh, because December 26th would be our regular release date, and that's obviously Boxing Day, the day after Christmas. So uh, it'd be pretty difficult to uh, to try to get together uh, to record around that time. So we've done it a week early, as we tend to do at this time of year. And uh, as I mentioned, uh, 96 episodes, if you divide that by 12, uh, being 12 months, equals eight, which means we've been doing this podcast uh, at the Superman homepage for eight years now. Wow, that is quite an amount of time. And for me, personally, it hasn't felt like I've been doing this podcast for eight years. Uh, I, can't remember, I, can't, I have to look back in the in the archives and see which number was your first episode. I uh, should have done a bit of research before stepping uh, in. I think it's only been about a little over a year now for me. Oh, okay. I thought it would have been longer than that. I know that you're up to your 100th episode of uh, the Great Scott video segment, and that's obviously a weekly thing and uh there's only been one or two that's uh, true i guess uh we started these at about the same time so i guess if that's almost uh two years then it's probably been almost two years Mm, how time flies when you're having fun wow yeah yeah i thought i started um in january of 2000 you know what i'm gonna look at it right now and find out exactly when you. i guess if it was 2011 then it would be almost two years here we go i'm gonna find it out you mm, co- he's, co-host. He's doing a yep. he's doing a bit of his uh, research. So I'm going to vamp you, a little bit. You joined December <clears throat> December 2010, so that's two years. December of 2010. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All yeah. Right. Uh, Neil and I had you on as a special guest for that show to introduce you into, and then you came on for the first solo you and I as uh, January 2011. So it's been two years. That's wow. It, it doesn't seem like it's, you know, like you said, you thought it was a year. Now it's actually been two. Yeah, look at that. Wow. Time does fly, man. Now, we're looking back in time, but let's not look at that far. Let's look back this over this last month and have a look at our discussion topics. Now, the big, 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 big news of this past month has been the Man of Steel was there big? Was there big news happened? Uh, I, I haven't, uh, you haven't really seen been it? paying attention. Something happened. Oh, uh, it's going to be a pretty boring episode of just me talking, then, if you have no idea what's <laughs> been going on. But yes, the Man of Steel trailer. Oh, I, I forgot about that for a minute. <laughs> I wasn't sure where you were going. I. Oh, look, you heard it. It says topics, 
M O O M O S. That's Man of Steel. I got you now. Now I'm with you. Sorry, yeah. the brownie's gone to my head. Yeah, it's too much uh, too much sugar in your diet, I think. Uh, I think so too. But uh, this it, it was really interesting the way it started out because we'd all heard it was going to be released with The Hobbit, uh, an unexpected journey in the cinemas, December fourteenth, and um, we had this. Well, before the trailer came out, we had this poster uh, that was released of Superman in handcuffs. That was a bit of a fiasco with the countdown to the Dark Knight Rises Blu-ray release, uh, and that was December fourth. Now that was a bit of a fiasco, as I said, because the countdown went up and down and up, and it was everyone was going, "Well, this is a bit of a schmozzle because it really isn't a countdown. It's just schmozzle." Yeah, you like that word? Uh, it's just them coming up with a countdown that will be released around the time of the Blu-ray, and it ha- came out December third as planned. Yeah, I think uh, that was their initial plan, and I, I don't know if it was actually connected to the sharing, but I think no. if, if there's a possibility that it was shared so much that it beat the amount of time that they actually wanted it to open up, that really bodes well for the amount of interest in Man of Steel, but I'm not really sure that that's the case. I think I think maybe they just, they I don't know, they programmed it wrong. It was supposed to be timed, I think, much closer to the release of uh, Batman, and then... They had their errors, and then they fixed it, and then it came out the day before. Yeah, which uh, that handcuff poster uh, was an interesting one because a lot of people were weren't, didn't know what to expect. With you know, what was this you know uh, prize they were going to be giving us for sharing around this Dark Knight Rises Blu-ray countdown? And the poster, it's not very high resolution. It seems to be a screen capture from the movie or from the trailer it's not really designed to be printed it's an online present if you like yeah i, I thought that myself too uh i not so much with the online present bit but uh when i saw it I, you know because i remember watching the grainy comic-con footage um and uh i re- obviously remember that shot and uh, it's now in the regular trailer but uh, it really looks like they just took it from there and and put it onto an online shot and and, and put the uh, release date on the bottom. And a lot of people were excited that this will be a poster they'll be able to purchase. And, and I mean, I guess it could be, but uh, it is definitely a blurry image. Yeah, it is. And uh, when I contacted Warner Brothers, they said it hasn't been released uh, to the press as a high resolution image at this point in time. It was intended only for online viewing. Uh, I know that there are a few places out there selling it as if it was a poster, but they're not official. So uh, just uh, be be wary. Buyer beware. Yes, indeed. Uh, I don't know if you need to have it official. It's still kind of cool. And if it's small enough that the resolution still comes out the way it looks online, then that's okay. Yeah, I just mean if you're purchasing it thinking that it's an official release from Warner Brothers as a poster to put on your wall, it hasn't actually been marketed as such. So you're buying it from someone who's printed it on there from their computer or um you know just from that image that's been released online that's all i meant absolutely now as i said uh, that countdown was a bit of a fiasco but uh, soon after a website came online that people were saying could be a bit of viral marketing for the man of steel now it was a um the the, the website was Deep Space Radio Wave Project, and the website was dsrwproject.com. 
Um, it was emailed around as this, you know, could this be something for Man of Steel? There's the Warner Brothers copyright information down the bottom. Uh, I think we need to look into this a bit more. And it was some kind of a weird signals that were being received that you had to decipher and help as a community to unravel what the 10 ended up being, 10 symbols were. Did you catch any of this marketing, uh, this viral thing that was happening, Scotty? You know, I was thinking about that when when uh, I, I actually it took me a few uh, hours to even know that this was going on. Um, and when I found out about it, I went to look, and strangely enough, all of the symbols had already been you know uh, figured out. People had gone on and I guess done the work, and which is again great news for me as a Superman fan because that means that there was enough interest going around that some pretty intelligent, astute people found this out, figured it out, and 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 uh, told us what all the symbols meant. Because, you know, by looking at it, you know, I went in and I tried to figure something out, and I had no idea what they were telling me. Like, it was already <laughs> figured out. But you were still able to go in and, like, place these Xs on a grid, and I, I, I didn't know what I was doing, and I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm just an idiot, but I... I, I <laughs> I was glad that somebody else, because I'm, well, maybe, maybe if I would spend hours and hours trying to figure it out, I don't know, but uh, I was just glad it was already done and, and that there was, a, I knew there were numbers and that there was a countdown and I was just looking forward to the 10 hours later or whatever when it was actually going to happen because I, I didn't get into it until we had already understood that it was going to be, I guess, about 14 hours from, from the time that it had been figured out to be numbers. Yeah, it uh, it was a bit weird. I came in at about the the eighth number having, or the eighth symbol having been uh, worked out, uh, it was sound waves that were coming in, and it was like bum, 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 bump, 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 and you knew that the bump, bump, bumps were the actual places where you needed to mark uh, a, uh, a, a the square as being, you know, um, a, sim a signal being received, and each line created. You know, like there was about 20 lines on a page and each line, once you had it all figured out, you uh, were able to see a symbol. And so each symbol ended up being a number from zero to nine. And then, <clears throat> I don't know how, but somebody worked out that those eight symbols that had been, uh, well, they, a, a recurring eight symbol signal had been started to receive, they said, once all 10 symbols had been worked out. And they were 77, 58, 76, 19 or the, the, the numbers that had been discovered, and they ended up being coordinates for a place on Earth. Now, we still don't know what that coordinates were in reference to. I mean, we found the place on Google Maps that those coordinates refer to, and it's a uh, somewhere off the coast of Greenland. Uh, it ended up being, uh, what was the name of it? Something Bay. I'm trying to find. Uh, Baffin Bay. See, I just... I just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even be able to, like, I wouldn't even, I'd look at it and I'd go, oh, some numbers. I wouldn't even, I probably wouldn't even get to the point where I ever thought that they were coordinates. I don't know if it was a Navy man who figured this out, or maybe it was Jimmy Olsen and, and Clark or something in the, in the Superman Returns when they said, oh, look, it's coordinates. And they went and they found out. But uh, that's, you know, that's, I don't know if they just released it timing wise, yeah you know, the way they wanted to, or if someone actually you know, unrelated, out. figured this out, but that's uh, really cool. Yeah, and I don't know what Baffin Bay off the coast of Greenland in the North Atlantic Ocean has to do with the movie. It may be the location of the Fortress of Solitude. It's what I was be... thinking. 
myself. Yeah. It may be going. something, a landing place of some kind. We don't really know, but um, it uh, that address itself ended up being another website where those 10 mysterious alien numbers were counting down, as you said, uh, to a point where it ended up being roughly around noon, um, 12 noon on uh, Tuesday, December 11th. Uh, and when those numbers reached zero, it revealed the trailer for Man of Steel. A very convoluted and uh, interesting way of uh, revealing the trailer, but it had people talking and it had the, you know, the desired effect. People were flogging to this website for the countdown and were waiting on the edge of their seats for midday Eastern Standard Time on Tuesday, December 11th, to see what would happen, and it was the trailer. It was a surprise to me. I mean, I, I would have never expected, you know, with all of the press um, being released, that, that the, the trailer was going to run in front of The Hobbit and that we had to wait till Friday, or I guess it came out Thursday at some point, uh, even though the release date was Friday the 14th. Mm -hmm. And so I had, I, had the, I had the countdown site open. I had uh, the Superman homepage open where you had posted the countdown site. Down down the page, and I also had the um, uh, the original uh, looking into space project, dark uh, horizons, uh, whatever it was <laughs> deep called. Deep space radio wave. <laughs> ah, yes, deep space radio wave project. So I had three pages open, uh, <sighs> two of which had the countdown on it, the actual countdown page, and then the Superman homepage, a little square that you had. And right at about, I think it was about eleven fifty eight and some odd seconds, the trailer started playing. And and I, I had it on the big screen on the real countdown page, and suddenly I'm hearing voices doubling over and tripling <laughs> over, and I'm thinking, what in the hell is going on? And I thought I thought maybe the trailer was actually uh, like in crypt in, in Kryptonese, and that they were that they were then transferring it into English, and that I was hearing the third voice was the English voice translating it, and I'm like, this just sounds too. Too confused. I don't think they would do that. So, so I finally found. Oh, I still have the Dark Project series in space thing <laughs> running. So I shut that down, and then I'm like, okay. So then now I hear two, and it's still doubling back on itself. And I don't have anything else open. I look at the Superman homepage, and there's nothing there. And then I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. So I scroll down where you had the and where you had the countdown embedded in the website. It actually started playing there too. Cool. And then anytime you went back to the homepage, as soon as you you opened up the homepage, the trailer would load every time, and you're like, oh, what are these voices I keep hearing? <laughs> yeah, I almost leapt to my death because I thought I was going insane, but I uh. finally figured it out. And uh, by that point, we were about halfway through the trailer, so <laughs> I had to go back and watch it from the beginning without all those extra voices in there. Uh, and uh, and, so, and I've, got to, I've got to commend you on the great job you did posting uh, the report on the website. Uh, it's uh, something that... I, Obviously, I do 99.9% .9 of the time is updating news on the Superman homepage, but uh, I'd uh, left instructions with the guys who were, would be awake at that time. Of course, for me, it was 4 a.m. in the morning, and uh, I need my sleep. I, I mean, if anyone who's seen me on the speeding bulletin understands that I really do need my beauty sleep. So um, it was uh, up to uh, Scotty and the other guys to... Uh, report on it if they could, uh, if they were there online at the time. And Scotty, uh, my congratulations to you on gr doing a great report uh, hey, on, on the release. It was very short, but uh, you know, I did what I could, and uh, I, it took me a while to actually figure out. I've never actually posted a news mm. report 
before. Uh, so there was some embedding I had to figure out. I wanted to put, as you had done later on, I wanted to put the trailer right into the report. Yeah. But my initial report, for those who didn't see it, and I th- a lot of people, there were a lot of comments before it got updated again. Uh, you know, 100 people or something uh, were watching it uh, because of the trailer. You know, obviously that got a lot of people excited and uh, a lot of people were checking it out. But I had a link to the trailer. You could mm-hmm. It was easy. You'd click oh, on yeah. it and it opened a page with the trailer on it. But I wanted to, I was trying to put it right in there and I couldn't get that to work. But uh, thankfully, Steve always wakes up at some point after he's shiny and new, and uh, he uh, he gets these things done. Yeah, well, it ended up being uh, Warner Brothers ended up sending me a link uh, to uh, a proper download version of the of the trailer, which I uploaded to our own YouTube channel, ch- channel which I then embedded onto the homepage. But uh, up until that point, you really you really couldn't do it unless you knew. Uh, some HTML knowledge, and you know, we're able to, to work it out. But uh, yeah, it was uh, quickly snapped up. Everybody was jumping online to watch it. The website had a, a massive hit of people on that day. And at this point in time, uh, I should open up the YouTube channel from uh, Warner Brothers to have a look. But I think it's been viewed over 15 million times already, and that's only been a week. That's incredible. Uh, my understanding on on YouTube or something was that it was uh, uh, initially in, in three days or two days or something. It was up in the almost ten million or something in in, in just a couple of days. So that's yeah. uh, that's Phenomenal. again a more reason to believe that there's a lot of excitement over this new uh, Superman film. Exactly, and uh, it is just goes to show how popular Superman is and how much people are anticipating this film. And how important uh, this trailer was for so many people to see. And uh, I was really just impressed that uh, so many people wanted to see the film. And uh, were, you know, it's. Ooh, I'm just looking at the website now, the YouTube site. 20 million, almost 21 million, 20 million, 900,000 times it has been viewed on the Warner Brothers Pictures uh, YouTube, challenge, uh, YouTube channel. So that is phenomenal uh, in, in under a week. Now, are those unique views, or let's say if I went in on the same channel and watched it seven times, would it count my views seven times? Probably. I don't think it's unique views, so um, I'm sure there are probably 10 million Superman fans who have watched it at least twice. <laughs> right, right, right. Okay. Well, still, still uh, it is big still. deal. You know, uh, my understanding of a movie like Titanic back in the day that made so much money was that people were going to see it eight and ten times. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't really unique visitors to the film, although there were enough of those as well. But uh, the reason these numbers get so high, probably the same with the Dark Knight movies and such, is that so many people go back for repeat repeat viewings. Exactly. Now, we haven't actually discussed the trailer itself. What did you make of the Man of Steel trailer? Well, you know, um, when I first watched it, it, as I said, it was a little bit... Um, uh, the experience was a little bit spoiled because I had three pages going at the same time, but um, I was a little bit. Um, I felt a little. I don't want to say let down because obviously at this point, and I've watched it several more times, it's an incredible trailer. I mean, the film looks visually just looks great. I love the you know I like the 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 style of it. I like the the look of it. Just 
in watching it. You know, I don't mean looks as in plot or anything. I just mean the way it actually is is filmed and the mm-hmm. way everybody looks in it. I think uh, I hear, still hear people about, oh, I'm going to see this film thanks to this trailer, but I'm still going to hate the costume mm-hmm. and I'm still going to hate that she has red hair. Um, I, I think the costume looks fantastic. Uh, in every shot that they showed, I thought this really looks good in in movement in motion on film and i don't i don't believe the 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 baby blue uh, tights uh with the red underwear over them that we used in the christopher reeve day would work uh, in a film now and i think that that was part of everybody's issue with the brandon routh suit that it, it looked kind of like the Superman uniform, but they changed it in a weird way and, and, and it still looked silly to a lot of people. And I think that, that a lot of these changes are necessary. If you want to make a movie that the general public, younger people, the quote unquote, cool people are going to be willing to see and, and not, uh, not feel like it's too silly for them or it's, it's too this or it's too that. But I think that the suit in motion, the Cape, him walking through the snow, I mean, it just looks regal. You know, it looks like uh, it looks like he's the man and it looks like, he, you know, and, and that's where Superman should be. You should be looking at him and going, wow, that is impressive. And I was impressed by the way he looked and the way the suit looked in motion on screen. That was the first thing that I think uh, struck me, not because I was doubting, not because I thought that it wouldn't look good. I actually uh, was appreciative of the design from the beginning, but. Uh, seeing it, it was kind. It was almost like I was shocked by how good it looked in motion, and mm-hmm. I think that's also because of Snyder's filming style. Which there's argument as to whether or not he can tell a movie that has a good story with depth of character, or whether or not he's just all flash. And so far, by the trailer, I, I feel a lot of emotion. I feel a lot of depth, but I can also see that flash and that fancy filming style that he's kind of known for. Yeah, uh, similar, similar to you, I was really impressed with the way the costume looked on screen. Uh, that panning shot with the of the costume on display, it's obviously not him wearing it because there's, there's no neck and head, but uh, it, you, it's the colours look good, um, the cape looks fantastic, uh, flapping in the breeze. Uh, all in all, it just looked phenomenal. Uh, the boots look great. They just really use the costume in it's a great effect. There was a lot of character depth in, in the trailer, um, it's great to see a lot of the flashbacks of him as a young boy, as a teenage boy. There was a, a lot of uh, controversy about the discussion and the conversation between young Clark Kent and Jonathan Kent in regards to whether or not he should have saved those kids in the bus and revealed his abilities. Uh, I think it's very premature to be judging that scene based on the snippet that we've seen. We have no idea what the conversation continues on from that point whether or not the maybe that Jonathan says about whether he should let those kids die, whether or not there is some further conversation that, uh, you know, it just shows there is a lot of confusion amongst uh, Jonathan as far as what he, you know, to protect his son, but at the same time the responsibility he has or that he should have to help people and to use the gifts that he's been given. It just shows that there is a lot of depth to these characters and there's a lot of you know, confusion and uh, just all in all that there is more depth to these characters and just accepting the fact that, yes, you've got these abilities, you should use them. 
Yeah, I mean, I think just going at it from that simple viewpoint, I don't think if if, if it happened to anybody else, if it happened to no, any normal human in the real world, I don't I don't think that the first thought would be, well, you've got some you've got to don some tights and a cape and go around saving people. Exactly. I don't think that that's going to be the first thought that people have when they find out that their son um, has these abilities. On the other hand, we do know, at least from what we like to think we know of who Jonathan is, that that he is a caring uh, person who imbued the uh, the wherewithal into his son that that makes him never give up, that makes him wanna 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 help people, that makes him wanna do the right thing. So. I think when I first saw it, I felt similarly. I said, whoa, that's kind of a weird thing for Jonathan to say. Mm-hmm. And I know this is a darker take. I know this is a more, quote unquote, realistic take. Uh, but as you think about it, as I said, I think it does make it more realistic if there is some ponderance, if there is yeah. some hesitation, if there's some thought that goes into what Jonathan is going to say to Clark in order to make him feel better or in order to make him understand better what it means that there's a lot of responsibility and that there's a lot of repercussions for what someone of his abilities will or will not do as time moves on. And I think that also it could be as simple as, well, maybe you just do it in such a way so that they don't see you mm-hmm. or you wear a mask or you have some sort of, you know, just just wherever they're going to go with it. I We obviously did not hear an entire conversation there. Exactly. We heard one snippet, and I think it was put there that way purposely to get people talking uh, because people would be surprised like we were to hear it but also wonder what, what what more was to come which is what a trailer is supposed to do for you and i think in a lot of ways in a lot of other scenes we saw that as well we see we see Lara on Krypton standing on what appears to be a precipice of some kind as, as, as Krypton is exploding and crumbling down in front of her. We see her from the back, and it's a quick shot, but it's very telling of what we're going to see of Krypton and what we're going to see happen there. Now, a lot of people have said, well, we've already seen the destruction of Krypton. We've already seen Superman's origin, but, but this is a new telling. This is a, a new version of Superman, and... I personally have wanted to get away from the frozen tundra Krypton that has 20 people living on it to a more um, lively world. And I'm not sure what else we're going to see. But in the shots of Krypton that were in the trailer, I didn't see any ice. I didn't see any crystal structures. I didn't see any uh, Donner-isms. And I know they're not doing a connection to the Donner films at all. But I'm just glad to know that some people have maybe done some research, have maybe done some imagining themselves and, and maybe aren't limiting themselves to what people think Krypton was or Krypton wasn't. And I think my favorite shot in the trailer, and it's easy to say, you know, when, when, when Superman bends down and you see the S on his chest as he takes off or, or when he's in, in walking in the tundra or, 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 you know, certain action shots or whatever, there are a lot of great shots. Him, him, him uh, going head-to-head with Zod in, in the sky is just a great action shot. But my favorite shot, and I think, it's, I think it's because it's simple, and I think it tells a lot of emotion and it tells a lot of depth about two characters whom we don't know how deep we're going to get in them, but uh, the Jor-El and Lara holding mm-hmm. uh, baby Kal-El's shot is just – I have it as my desktop right now while wallpaper because – I think it's. It looks again. It looks fantastic. Uh, I like the uniform, even though we can't see all of it. I like how it looks on Russell Crowe. Uh, I like how Lara looks, and it and and you could see 
that there is uh, just love and 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 disappointment at what they're going to have to do with their son and and it's just uh, it struck me emotionally to see that shot yeah i agree i think there were some fantastic shots that russell crowe one with the the Jarrell and lara sending you know embracing young baby kalel uh, is an, a favorite of mine too uh the tundra walking across the tundra uh, was fantastic the uh, over the shoulder look of him staring over across the ice and his cape flapping behind him was another favorite the the flight in space uh there's so many shots in this two minutes and 20 seconds that uh you know you have to watch it again and again and again to, to really appreciate it and obviously a lot of thought and a lot of work has gone into selecting the shots that would make up the trailer and what i enjoyed most about the trailer was that it gives you a sense of the film but it doesn't give you the whole film it doesn't give that you don't come away from watching the trailer thinking oh i know what this movie's going to be about like you do with a lot of trailers you know who knows what's going to happen in the second full theatrical trailer but in a lot of movies you see the end shot or the the villain finally being put in his place or you know you know what the last shot's going to be in the trailer oh well that's definitely the last uh, scene you know obviously we didn't get any of that here um, there's mm-hmm. a lot of things going on. We, you know, we know Zod's there. We know there are ships, but is that is that uh, Zod ship arriving? Is that a is that a ship that Jonathan has had buried in the basement that 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 Superman has gotten operating again, and he uses it to go out to the fortress? If that is the fortress, there's so many things that we as fans can speculate upon and can see possibly coming together and how cool it might it's going to be. And and now we have six months or whatever to wait for it, but we don't. We don't, as you say, we don't know everything, and and it's very difficult to ascertain exactly what is going on. And a lot of those action shots, they're so sporadic, and they happen snap, snap, snap so fast that, as you say, you got to watch it again to even catch them. But your eyes are everywhere, and there's just so much going on that I think that might be why I may have been overwhelmed when I watched it because I was kind of like sitting there going, huh, I'm not sure what I got from that. You know, I mean, it looks really cool, but uh, and then I watched it a few more times, and I started to feel more excited about it each time. Uh, whereas uh, other people might watch it and go, "Wow, it looks really filled with action and great," or other people might say, "Uh, I still hear people at this point saying, um, oh, this is another emo Clark who doesn't want to save people, doesn't want to be who he is. You can tell he's pissed off about it. You can tell he doesn't want to be in the uniform. You can tell he doesn't want to save people. And I didn't get that at all at any point. What I got was a child at the beginning who was apparently from what I can glean. And I didn't get this at first. I saw those pencils and I saw him crying in the closet and I saw his mom talking and I was like, "Uh, what do pencils have to do with anything? Why is he crying in a closet? You know, but upon further viewings, I started to think. Uh, what a lot of people, a lot of other people are saying now, and again, maybe it's because I'm an idiot and I just don't, you know, I don't, things don't come to me that quickly. I'm not fat, you know, I'm not quick on the uptake. I don't know, but it seems clear to me now that Clark is experiencing some of his super uh, senses mm-hmm. and, and, and the pencils might be indicative of him being able to hear every single person writing and every single person whispering to each other and, and every single person doing whatever they're doing in that entire school. And he's not even outside in the world yet. And so he says something like, the world's just too big. And his mom, which is fantastic because, you know, it's kind of a it's kind of a, a habit in Hollywood up till now. And hopefully we're getting better at it where uh, the woman 
in the relationship of 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 many lead characters it doesn't and there isn't a lot of good roles for women actors a lot of times so to to see Martha have an actual hand in and we saw a lot of that on Smallville cuz both Martha and Jonathan were were an integral part of his life for a long time and I love that in the movies though it's often all Jor-El and all Jonathan and there's not a lot of you know interference from from Martha and Lara's there but she kind of doesn't really have too much to say she holds the baby and that's great so I'm, i mean i'm hoping that we see more with laura and there's more of a story for her and and this martha thing is very nice very touching and and it makes a lot of sense that if clark is suddenly having some sort of super hearing episode uh that he would try and retreat into a because he's a kid he doesn't understand it's not him going i don't want to be superman it's him going i'm i'm an eight-year-old kid and suddenly i can hear everything in the school and that's weird to me which I think would be weird for anyone. Exactly. It's got to be disconcerting for a kid, got to be very, you know, confronting and he's got no idea what's going on. And, and it's, yeah, it's very touching to see Martha reaching out to him and, and trying to reach him on a level that he can understand and so to allow him to, you know, to pull through the whatever he's experiencing at the time. So all in all, I thought the Man of Steel trailer uh, was uh, was fantastic. I thought it had a lot of great elements. We'll be examining it and, and looking at it and watch rewatching it uh, for months until we get our next look at something else. And uh, it, it is uh, a piece of cinematic brilliance as far as I'm concerned, uh, especially for Superman fans. And I can't wait uh, for the uh, for June next year because I think uh, we're in for a treat. We're in for a, a, a visual treat and a, and a, and a, a storytelling treat as well. I really think so too. I mean, I, I obviously we all have high hopes, but uh, this trailer, uh, <laughs> as you say, a cinematic uh, a masterpiece, and it's only a two and a half minute trailer. So yep. uh, that's that that really bodes well. Now, a lot of films you see all there is to be seen in the trailer. You know, uh, yep. maybe Star Trek Five, those kind of things, um, and you go, "Wow, this looks really good." And then you get there, and you go, "Wow, all the good things they showed me were in the trailer, and everything else was not good." But I don't think that's going to be the case here. Not at all. Well, uh, we spoke about the June next year. Uh, the Warner Brothers uh, website for the Man of Steel, uh, manofsteel.com, was updated uh, this past month, soon after the trailer was released. And it uh, has a page for the worldwide release dates of Man of Steel. And most countries like the USA, Canada, Mexico, India, and the UK will see the movie premiere on June 14th, 2013. Uh, fans in Egypt and the Philippines are pretty lucky. They'll get to see it first with the movie being released there on June 12th, uh, a couple of days ahead of America. Uh, but uh, countries like Australia and I think New Zealand uh, are uh, kind of not going to be impressed, fans, uh, in, these, in our countries because it won't be shown here until June 27. Oof. But I'm going to America. Yeah, yeah. I'm going. I'm going to be there on June 14th, or the, for the you're world. You're just going to hang out. You're just going to stay. Yeah, I know you're coming in for the celebration. At least that's the last I heard. Yes. So you're just going to you're just going to take a little longer and and make sure you see the film, I guess. Yep. And uh, if we can hang out and see it together, that would be fantastic. Oh, it would be. Uh, that would be something sweet. Um, I think that I think that it is a travesty. That, uh, that that other countries uh, uh, get to see this movie before we do here in America and before you do in Australia. Look, you, you run the, the, the biggest, best, most comprehensive Superman homepage there is anywhere. 
uh, WB sends you things in the email to give you extra updates that you can put on the page. That's how good your website is. <laughs> and 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 you you got to wait till the 27th of June. That is that is preposterous. And I'm going to make sure that 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 I say preposterous one more time because that's just <laughs> preposterous that that's the case. And I think that uh, I think that other countries should have to wait till the 14th, uh, or we should see it on the 12th. Um, and uh, I mean, come on. What the what? What is that? I know what's going on. It's just ridiculous. But uh, cats and dogs living together. It's mass <laughs> mayhem, is what it is. Mass hysteria. But uh, yeah, so uh, check out the uh, manofsteel dot com to see where it will be shown uh, when the premiere will be in your part of the world. Uh, as I said personally, I'm coming to the US for the Superman celebration next year, and also hopefully attending the world premiere in LA uh, to see the cast and that on the red carpet if, if I can swing it. So uh, we'll see what happens uh, there come June next year. Now, uh, it'll also be shown in IMAX 3D, uh, IMAX announced, and uh, some people have seen the trailer in 3D already and say it looks spectacular. Uh, so, uh, and there is some concern about whether uh, certain screenings of The Hobbit are not showing the Man of Steel trailer. Uh, we discussed this in a previous podcast where we understood that there'll be some, I think it's Star Trek, like a 14 minute preview, uh, eight, of, minutes. eight minutes, is it? Yeah. Eight minutes, of yeah. the Star Trek, uh, next Star Trek film, uh, also shown before the Hobbit. So you might not see the Man of Steel trailer. If you see that as eight minutes, there might not just be enough time for, for other trailers. So depending on what screening you are seeing, uh, you will see the Man of Steel, Steel trailer and perhaps you won't so it is just a a lottery at this point in time now i spoke with someone online uh and this isn't uh this isn't a survey or necessarily indicative of a percentage of people that wouldn't get to see it but uh he did not see it on imax he saw the hobbit and uh he did not get uh, the star trek obviously that's only being shown on imax but he also did not get the uh man of steel trailer at all and that was just on a regular screen and mm. so uh, and I, this has happened with other movies. I mean, in general, I think that the prints of whatever movie is announced as a movie carrying a trailer for a movie uh, are supposed to be uh, with those uh, trailers, whatever trailers are supposed to be there. Uh, but some, I guess, a film it depends. Times too. A lot of times, these movies play in multiple screenings. They're on a smaller screen or on a bigger screen, and depending on what the contract is for the trailer, it might only play on the digital screens. It might only play in the theaters that are very large. Um, it might only play on a set number of prints. But uh, in general, it's supposed to be playing with the Hobbit. And then, as far as IMAX goes. I, I have no idea whether it's playing in IMAX, although you did say some people got to see it in 3D, which would mm. seem to me that they must have seen it at IMAX in 3D. And I don't know if the trailer itself is in 3D, if the glasses provide any uh, extra experience by watching it. To me, in watching the trailer, a lot of times you watch a trailer that that is that is that is a 3D trailer or for a movie that is going to be 3D and you can see the gimmicks built right into the trailer. You can see the times when there's going to be fists coming out of the screen or a car is going to come flying over a banister at you. Um, and I didn't – now I wasn't looking for those things, but I don't remember any specific things in that trailer that would have been coming out at me in 3D. Nah. Um, and the other thing I'm concerned of now that IMAX has said that it's going to be – or Warner has said that it's going to be released in 3D is was it filmed in 3D? Um, 
or are, or are they converting it to just make those extra dollars and to get you to see it in IMAX, which might be impressive anyway on a big screen. But I have found that many of the uh, transitions that I have watched that were not filmed in 3D are an extra 13, extra five bucks or whatever to make it, you know, so that you could see it with glasses and the, the 3D isn't really all that impressive. Yeah, well, Man of Steel was not shot in 3D. It wasn't specifically shot in for four 3D, but uh, the conversions are getting better for those types of films. And um, the only scene I can think of in the trailer that would probably be enhanced by 3D is that explosion shot where you see the bus kind of flying towards the screen and all that massive explosion that's going on. Uh, that would probably look pretty phenomenal in 3D. But uh, all in all, if it was on an on offer in 3D, I would see it, but I would also see it uh, in regular 2D uh, I've seen it as many times as I could in whatever formats they were available. I guess. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean, I'm gonna. I'm. I'm. I'm down with you. I'm, I agree. I'm gonna see it wherever it is as well. Uh, I, I would feel better if it were. You know, if they had prepared from the beginning to do the 3D thing, uh, instead of uh, kind of surprising us now. And uh, a lot of people <coughs> immediately go to, well, they're just trying to make extra money, um, uh, so they're gonna they're gonna release it in uh, 3D just so that they can make those extra dollars and get people to come see it in 3D. Um, but who knows exactly how how good or bad it's gonna be? As you say, the conversions are getting better. Yeah. Well, the IMAX website says that uh, Man of Steel will be digitally remastered into the image and sound quality of an IMAX 3D experience. So uh, with Propriety IMAX DMR, which stands for Digital Remastering Technology. Well, we'll see yeah. how it goes, I suppose. Yep. All right, well, that pretty much covers the Man of Steel topics, uh, the movie topics. Uh, we pretty much discussed that at length. Uh, TV news hasn't been much of lately because of the fact that Young Justice and Cartoon Network are not currently being shown on Cartoon Network. But uh, DC Nation will return to Cartoon Network on January 5, so not long now to see new episodes of Young Justice return to your TV screens. I like how in all the press releases for this, they're making a big deal about how it's the time we've all been waiting for. Finally, it's been announced. Surprise. Uh, what was they the, announced uh, this back then, they said, that was it was going to be... the statement that you had a had issue with uh, on the about it being uh, the, the holiday season is something like that about... Oh, it comes early. Yeah. <laughs> January the holiday 50 season is early? comes early. Yeah, exactly. The holiday season's over at that point. Um, <laughs> I guess they meant the holiday season announcement uh, comes early before, you know, this is your present. Uh, you're going to get the shows uh, on the exact date that we told you we're going to get the shows when we took it off for no reason a month and a half ago or whenever it was. Uh, so it's not a surprise. It's not a gift. Uh, and the holiday season hasn't come early because January 5th is the end of the holidays already. So, But uh, Cardoon Network. It's a strange press release. I, yeah. I don't know. They, they the, do the seem... whole situation is strange. From the beginning to the end, it's a very strange uh, situation. It is. And uh, Cardoon Network have, seem to have a tendency to try to put a, a silver lining around every cloud. But uh, And so if if there were problems with those characters that we said uh, there was, might, might be copyright issues or contract issues with, I see that um, Static is uh, is being promoted in that trailer that they've uh, released for the return of, Car of DC Nation to Cartoon Network. So I'm guessing these characters uh, that uh, were 
you know, uh, under scrutiny, will, will the, the uh, contract or the negotiations have been worked out, and uh, hopefully those episodes of Young Justice that involve some of those milestone characters will uh, continue on as they had been created. I hope so too. Now, is it possible that that wasn't the reason why it was pulled? I mean, uh, maybe it, maybe possible. it had maybe it had nothing to do with those characters at all, and, and that was just speculation and rumor that people were trying to come because everyone was confounded. So people were trying to come up with some kind of oh, well, maybe it's this or maybe it's that or and and I'm, I'm still on the I'm still on the whole the comic book being canceled thing means something more that we don't know yet, uh, which I hope is untrue. But uh, they, they, you know they are t- stopping the book of young justice so what does that mean for the animated show and uh you know obviously the new 52 doesn't look anything like uh the young justice characters do so uh, i don't know Hmm. interesting we'll have to wait and see now the only other tv news we've got is the uh great announcements for superboy fans because the superboy season two complete series is out on dvd now and i have confirmation that seasons three and four are also coming in 2013. Well, that's pretty exciting. I got to say, a lot of people probably aren't aware of this, but uh, back in my early goings at the Superman homepage, I I started by attempting to write reviews for uh, Superboy. Uh, And at that time, uh, we only had the one season. And uh, actually, when I first started writing, uh, there was question as to how it would continue when we got to season two. And mm-hmm. and this is probably six years ago now, and we're <laughs> just now getting to the point where finally season two is going to be released. And I haven't even gotten through season one yet because uh, it is whew, it is some hard watching. Let me, <laughs> let me tell you. Well, a lot of the fans of the show, and again, I haven't seen most of the Superboy series because I, I don't recall it being shown really here uh, on TV um, in any great, uh, you know, prime time slot or anything like that, but uh, apparently season two is a lot better than season one. Uh, better stories, but um, yeah, it, it's out on DVD now. It's uh, it's not a necessarily a massive release. It's it's made to order, so that obviously there are limited numbers available. It is available through the Superman homepage online store if you want to purchase it. Uh, it's a bare bones uh, collection. Just the 26 episodes of season two. Uh, there are no extras, no you know documentaries, uh, no bonus material as such. But uh, the episodes are in full. They also include the um, promos for the you know next week's episode. Uh, so all that kind of stuff is included in this complete season two uh, DVD collection for uh, Superboy. I definitely want to watch the rest, uh, and then and, and if season two is, it wouldn't take much to be better than season one. But uh, my reviews were coming too far, too few and far between, and uh, we needed to get somebody in there that uh, wanted to get them out there quicker because I, I just couldn't. It was so difficult for me to sit down and watch. You know, uh, I, I just I was not into it at all. Yeah. Um, but I would like to get through it and and. Uh, I am interested in seeing. I've seen a lot of the storylines that that come up in the other seasons, and and Bizarro's on, and 
and I guess Mixius Pitlick returns, and there's some other characters from comics and things. So uh, I think it's interesting. I I always found it interesting too that that he's essentially Superman. You know, he's he's mm-hmm. he's he's as old as Clark was, and in, in Smallville, uh, uh, when when he's still not Superman yet. But uh, uh, you know, Superboy would be you know eight thirteen. You know, this guy's in college. He's mm. uh, Fully, a fully grown man, but they're still calling him Superboy, which is, uh, I find that kind of funny. I don't know why. All right, well, uh, let's move into our comic book discussions. And uh, our last podcast was not uh, released in time to talk about Superman number 14, which was a Hell on Earth uh, comic book tying into the Supergirl and Superboy uh, titles as well. And in this issue, Supergirl nearly gives away Superman's secret identity by barging in on him as Clark Kent while he's talking to Lois Lane in his apartment. That 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 whole entire opening scene was so good. It was mm. so it was funny. It was cute. Uh, the lines were quippy and quick. The way he acted, the way he reacted, the way he pushed Lois out the door uh, and pulled her pulled uh, Kara in and and then took off. And it was just. Uh, I think it was done very well, and uh, Lobdell is doing a good job so far. I wasn't enjoying the Superboy with him on it all that much. I thought mm. that the stories were all over the place, and it didn't seem like he had a lot of idea what was going on. But uh, it seems like maybe with a little push in the right direction or in addition to an already going on storyline uh, is helpful to this particular writer. Yeah, now in this issue... Uh Supergirl and Superman are discussing, you know, why she's coming in on him, like why she, you know, about his secret identity, and then Hell appears and uh, pretty much tries to, yeah, whatever his name is, <laughs> and, I don't know, I... you know, tries to convince Superman about, you know, who he is and what he knows, and that he's was sent by Jarrell to look after him or look over them, and um, and then obviously Hell shows his true colors by masquerading as Superman to, uh, well, beat, beat up on Supergirl and, you know, make her think that her cousin has, uh, you know, turned against her, has turned against his heritage, and has been living on Earth for too long, that he's, you know, not a Kryptonian as such, and uh, even offers up Superboy as a, I don't know, token gesture to kill him as a clone because clones are vile and should be destroyed and... And Superboy will have, uh, Superman will have none of that, and um, it kind of set up the the machinations between the characters. Well, he does the same thing in Supergirl's title. He brings uh, Superboy over, and he's mm-hmm. like, "Look at this to prove that I'm with you." You know, uh, that seems to be his mo, I guess. Yeah. And Supergirl doesn't really mind, and uh, I, I like how they suddenly uh, had a hell. It almost sounds like you, you you're, you're trying to like excavate something out of your stomach. Hell. <laughs> Um, but um, suddenly she can speak English because he gave her a gift to, mm. to, to uh, get on her good side. And the reason for that, obviously, if you look beyond the story, is that uh, there's a lot of conversing going on between all these characters. And they didn't want to translate it all from Kryptonese or have them speak. So so it's just much easier to have them all speak in English. Um <laughs> Uh, because it, it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense that he's able to do that, although I guess he can get into people's minds or whatever. But he's also not speaking – I mean he's not an English speaker. Uh, at least he says he's from Krypton. So so why would why would English be something he would even come to his mind to make uh, Supergirl able to speak anyway? But uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure. You know, at one point um, – 
L is telling him uh, about um, that he was Jor-El's test subject in a, in a spaceship so that they could uh, test their ability to make a pod for Kal-El when the time came. And Superman says to Supergirl that she knows better than to think that we could even uh, do uh, unmanned spaceflight. And I don't know if he means that we couldn't even do unmanned spaceflight, let alone put a man in a, you know, but... Uh, it's right after he tells him he was in a manned space flight that, mm. that Superman then has a an issue with unmanned. Uh, so I, I was a little confused there, but um, obviously they, I, I like they the one thing. I yeah okay. Yeah, I was just saying. Obviously, I think they couldn't. Uh, well, their technology hadn't allowed them, or the the laws hadn't allowed them on Krypton to to you know explore space, and so the fact that. You know, Jarrell was able to send a spaceship with a man inside. Seemed far fetched if they weren't able to even send unmanned spaceships uh, into space. Yeah, it's kind of where I settled after I after yeah. it first hit me as being strange. But uh, one thing I also liked was that uh, that by the artwork, unless it's that scratchy, strange artwork that they sometimes do, it looks like uh, Clark has a bit of a five o'clock shadow, mm. and I like that because. Uh, he's just getting up from bed. Lois interrupts him. He comes out. He's he's arguing with her. He hasn't shaven or anything yet. Then Supergirl comes in. He has to push Lois out, and they take off. He doesn't really have the time to stop and shave. And you can kind of it's there through the whole story. And I don't, again, I don't know if that's purposely. It looks certainly looks like he has a bit of a uh, an unshaven uh, look going on. And I uh, like because that's that's. Uh, continuous with the story yeah. as to where we are because he didn't ha- I mean I guess you could say he could fly in there really quick shave and be out just in a second or whatever but I, I do like that 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 was there which is uh, which is pretty I also thought that it was at first when when hell pulls uh, <laughs> Superboy out from behind I'm like where did he he wasn't there where, where did he get that kid from nothing uh, up my sleeve Superman actually mentions it and I thought, oh, well, that's good, because they at least knew that it came from nowhere, which yeah. which could be in his head again. It could because, you know, the guy's able to make you see or think whatever you want. Uh, he could have made them think he was gone for a minute and he was gone for five minutes or uh, based on what we're seeing here. It seems like hell can do almost anything he wants. Exactly. His power sets really hasn't been defined. He seems to be able to. Uh, he seems to be like Mixius Pitlick. He seems to be able to, whatever he imagines, create. Yeah, he does. Yeah, and I think part of that could be because he's in your head and he mm. could just make you think that you're in Hobbs Bay or whatever when yeah. you're when Suicide Slum, when you're actually still where you were before or, or that he's Superman beating you up when he's really hell and your supergirl or uh whatever it is i uh, the the other thing i thought was funny is that uh you know supergirl chastises him for you know endangering the humans he cares so much about and he says now now supergirl he landed exactly where he was supposed to land just so that no one would get hurt let's not mention all the millions of dollars in property damage that was that happened with 30 exploding cars and everything but uh but no one got hurt no, that's that's the important thing. <laughs> I could have punched him over there into the lake or into the forest, but <laughs> I chose to right into that used car lot where some people were trying to buy a vehicle. <laughs> now let's just jump ahead to Superboy number fifteen, which was another Hell on Earth crossover, and in this one, Superman saves Superboy, uh, who's 
in as in the Superman number 14 was left unconscious in the streets of Metropolis and uh, Superboy is about to be picked up by the authorities uh, but Superman hears once hell has disappeared with Kara somewhere Superman hears the fact that Superboy is really about to to expire and so uh, against the wishes of the authorities he confiscates Superboy's unconscious body and takes him to the fortress of solitude where uh, he saves his life by um, removing the Kryptonian armor that he's wearing and putting it on Superboy to uh, contain uh, and and pretty much be a, a life support system for Superboy to uh, to awaken. Little cameo from Cyborg in there. Yes. Who uh, did a little studying of his DNA and then mm-hmm. found out that there was three different strands and that there was no real way to contain them and and that gives Superman the idea that maybe. Uh, his Kryptonian armor will work, and uh, it seems to, at least for now. It changes him up a little bit, but mm-hmm. uh, he saves his life. And, of course, these kids today, they don't appreciate anything you do for him. <laughs> he immediately starts throwing them around because he dared save his life. Uh, I thought uh, this is one another one of those issues where the artwork is split up between several different artists, mm-hmm. and the early pages are really sloppy, like like – like there's like I don't know if that's maybe that's just the style that they uh, that they like these particular artists, but there uh, there aren't a lot of details on the faces. Uh, the characters are shown from a distance a lot of times. You don't where you don't have to get detailed, and then and then some of the pages later on. I think from like 16 on, it's really bright and really detailed and they look really good. There's a couple of like shattered images like a, like a wheel or, or a circle where it's, where it's, where it's pied off into, into mm-hmm. pizza slices and they have the whole story going on around and it's a very nice layout. I, I really uh, was enjoying looking at that. Yeah, it, w- it uh, does make it hard on a story when uh, the artist and the styles change from page to page. It kind of pulls you out uh, of the story a little bit, and that's a shame. Uh, not sure. I know DC would prefer to get books out on time than to delay books because of artists not being able to complete uh, an entire issue, but uh, it would be nice if they could get artists who have a similar style and so that the, the jar, you know, you don't get jarred from page to page with the differences in styles. Yeah, I think that would that would help. But as you say, I guess if they need to bring someone in last minute because the pages aren't done. Um, speaking of which, uh, I didn't know that the fortress was done or even in an existence. Uh, I did miss a few issues here and there. Uh, times are tough. Money's not readily available. And I wasn't able to purchase uh, every issue back uh, when this whole thing first started. Have, did I miss the introduction of this spherical giant fortress of solitude it has, I, I been, was... it has been shown once before i don't uh it's not coming to mind that actually it was an actual superman comic i don't think as yet it was in a supergirl comic where she met up with superman in the fortress I that. I and we that. saw it then but i i don't think it's been revealed or the origins of it have yet been determined in the superman or action comics uh books i'm pretty sure it'll happen in action comics sooner rather than later but uh no it, it it has been shown but it hasn't we don't uh, i don't unless i'm mistaken and somebody will write in and tell me but i don't think it's its origins have been uh explained within the, the superman books in, themselves i didn't think it had been either but i did miss a couple but i do remember that uh, he and supergirl were in it at one point yeah. speaking of which it it's surprising to me that suddenly 
they're talking to each other like cousins and and uh she 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 would be upset by his betrayal of her because as far as i can tell it's been over a year now and he hasn't put any effort into getting to know her he hasn't put any effort into trying to help her he hasn't you know, talk to her more than a handful of times. She hasn't trusted him at all, so has no reason to think that he wouldn't betray her. And suddenly they're acting like they used to act, like they have that repartee back and mm. forth uh, of like a sister and older brother kind of sparring with each other, which has never been present, and suddenly it is. I don't know if the English is helping that, but it seems like it just suddenly came out of nowhere because, again, I've been – one of my complaints uh, from the beginning has been that I think that Superman, when found out that he had family members that needed help and were confused and were young and were lost and didn't know where to go or what to do or how to act, that he would reach out to them. And he did once and he got beat down and she told him to leave her alone. So I guess he just said, oh, OK, I'll leave her alone. But uh, that doesn't seem very super manly to me. And now suddenly they seem like they have this relationship. And to my mind, they've only met two or three times and they've hated each other each time. So it seems unusual that suddenly they're acting in that manner. Yeah, I agree to some extent. I know Superman has tried to reach out to her, but uh, uh, it hasn't been successful. And I think she now that she knows uh, from her sanctuary that he has been telling her the truth all along, perhaps she's come to understand that uh, he's not, uh, you know, her suspicions of him are, are less... Uh, to some degree and so you know she'd hoped that she could trust him and now she feels that he's betrayed her when in fact it actually is hell uh, not Superman so uh, maybe her you know, original feelings were uh, you know confirmed to a degree so it is a bit of a, a mixed relationship there now did you uh, yeah. before we move on to our next thing uh Again, I could be wrong because I have missed a little bit here and there, but I seem to remember in Action Comics when all this first got started, five years before the uh, timeline proper or whatever, uh, Clark was the first to become a superhero. He was living with Jimmy. He was, uh, he was a colleague of Jimmy's. Lois, all three of them were on the same level. And then when we got to Superman, Lois was like uh, the runner of this media empire. Clark was a lowly reporter. And Jimmy was like this down-on-his-luck guy who was living in Clark's apartment. And now we see Jimmy uh, going to interview these people that uh, had some sort of a, a run-in with Superboy, and Jimmy looks like his original 17-year-old, uh, I got a cheap camera, I'm freelancing out here, I don't really work for anybody, but I'm taking pictures and I'm hoping to get a job someday, cub reporter, photographer guy, and he doesn't seem to be the same character that he was when five years ago he, Lois Clark, were all on the same exact level and they all had the same exact status at the Daily Planet and they were about the same age. He again here looks 10 years younger than them and he seems like he's trying to do footwork to impress somebody. Am I uh, no, wrong? You, I, I got a little bit of that feeling from uh, this particular issue, but um, I think he's still working with Lois at the, whatever it's called, PGN or whatever it's the name of the, uh, the the television network that she's uh, uh, you know part of, um, but I don't know what his position is there at the moment. Uh, perhaps he's still trying to sell a story there. Um, yeah, I don't think they've really fleshed out Jimmy that well, so that we understand exactly what his position is at this uh, Daily Planet uh, in his job. So um, it, hopefully we get some more from Jimmy 
to be able to understand where he is at his, this point in his life. Very good. Okay, now Action Comics number 15 uh, was a somewhat confusing issue to a lot of people. It was... Uh, Super confusing. I'm Mixius, still confused. Mixius Pitalik, uh, his world, the fifth dimension, um, and this character who I am pronouncing as Vindicativex, uh, was uh, obviously someone who tried to court the Queen, and the Queen being uh, on Earth, Clark's landlady. Uh, she had to escape to our dimension um, because of what happened in her own dimension. The King was accidentally killed by this Vindicativex, um, and Mixie had to escape with her to Earth. And um, they lived a life here, and then Mixie expired, and they had a kid together, and um, yeah, that's. But well, she this... was a princess. Yeah, princess, uh, not, not the queen, queen because Sorry. the king was married. I think uh, at some point they yes. said in the story that the princess. queen died or something happened, and uh, and then she fell in love with Mixie, and uh, uh, you know, I thought uh, here's it's Morrison again. And uh, this guy loves to just go out there. He's Way like, out uh, there. I mean, it's like it's a bit, it's back and forth in time. There's different weird things going on. There's mixy stuff. And when you get to the mixy pages, they all look like cartoons. And I actually really like those splash pages where Mixie's doing a trick or something's hmm. going on. They actually looked really cool. Um, but of course, then we have this this death squad in, in Red Sun time, apparently sometime in the future, where they're hunting him down and Superman doesn't have any powers. And then mm -hmm. we're back in Mixie time and then we're back on the roof with the landlady and then she's shot in the head and it's a big dramatic uh, moment, uh, but uh, I'm left going. I have no idea what's going on, Morrison. I I'm lost. I'm completely. It's just like, is this now? Is this then? There's Lana, and he's dancing at the prom, and then his dad's. So, are we to assume that in the new Fifty Two, uh, his parents had always died in a car crash, or is this what happened when he says to the landlady? something changed and she says things are always changing. Are they referring to the beginning of the new 52 or are they referring to a change in the new 52 timeline, which we don't know how his parents died because we've never been shown that, but now we we're seeing them die in a car accident and that's not how it happened before. Yeah. It is a bit confusing because we don't have any reference points to understand what is and what isn't changing that Clark is talking about. Uh, in this, this particular issue, um, I don't have a problem with the fact that time is altering around Superman and that he ha understands that past and future events are altering uh, to his knowledge and that everything else seems to be just, that's the way that reality is and it's you know, forming around him, so to speak. But uh, it is confusing to know what he's talking about because, like, as you say, we don't have a reference point for whether or not the Kents died that way and this car crash is, as you say, a new way that they died, or whether that was the way that the the fact that they died in the car crash was because of the involvement of the fifth dimensional beings that uh, have interfered with Earth. Um, it is a bit Grant Morrison-ish. It was. Uh, he, it seems like every six issues or so, he he does one of these just out out there stories that really has no connection to the current storyline that's been going on and is just somewhere 
And I wondered last month when I read the one where he's on Mars, and I actually didn't like that story very much either. Mm. And I thought, this just seems absurd and outlandish, and that it, it, I don't get it at all. And now in this very story, Superman says he's never been to Mars. But then the landlady says, well, the Mars project's going to happen within two years, which still seems like it's way ahead of its time. But uh, that means that he didn't do it yet, and the story we saw is somehow in the future. And... Uh, it's just a very odd uh, way that he goes about. Uh, he often does that where he'll show something that might happen sometime in the future for a whole story and then get back to the normal uh, issues at hand. Yeah, he, he does seem to have an ADHD kind of problem where uh, there is no linear progression in his stories. They seem to jump all over the place and uh, you're trying to connect the dots as you go along. I find myself wondering why 230 worlds die because the king was killed and uh, why there's a super turtle in a cape fighting with someone <laughs> on a panel and why one of the cards that Mixie's shuffling around looks like it has Doc Ock on it. Uh, these are the questions that I ponder when reading a Morrison story. Uh, very good. Well, uh, the only other comic book that I want to discuss is the Smallville Season 11 comic book and... Uh, uh, Lex, in this new uh, story, as, as we've moved on from the Batman story, uh, Lex seems to be trying to uh, delve into uh, the fact that he do, does have his, uh, what is she, his stepsister's consciousness in his head and that he's trying to find out what she knows about uh, Superman's secret identity, what she knows about Superman and um, he's trying to, rather than ignore and try to push aside the fact that her consciousness is part of his being. He now wants to examine that and explore that and exploit that. I like how uh, uh, he uh, suddenly has his sister in his head and, and, and she's able to say, you murdered me, which you don't get to say very often to the guy who actually <laughs> murdered you. It's very kind of an interesting thing. Um, I, I, I The weird thing here is, and, and I think just about everybody knows my – feelings on Smallville. Uh, I am enjoying these Smallville uh, digital comic books because they're short, they're, they're kind of to the point, they fit your screen, they look very beautiful. At times, all the characters look like the actors who played them on the show. At other times, they, they look like, you know, the, the guy from the Goonies who a chunk <laughs> gives the candy bar to. But, hey, um, you guys! <laughs> exactly, that guy. Um, but at least the Superman theme played when he was, you know, flying down the, uh, yes. the pirate ship sail to save them. Um, uh, but uh, the story... I missed a few again, um, but but from what I can tell, it's it's kind of interesting. It does have the characters kind of doing the things that they used to do in the book, but kind or in the show, but upgraded kind of, uh, you know, because Clark's Superman now, and 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 Lois is going all over the place to following these stories, and she's fighting back to back with Nightwing, and uh, it's just uh, I find it I find it very interesting. Yeah, it is a good book, and uh, sales continue to be very good for DC Comics, so I see uh, a bright future for the Smallville books. Whether or not they'll start calling it Season 12 at some point, I don't know. But Did uh, did anybody else find it odd that uh, during the uh, scene, and it was actually very touching and, and nice, uh, with Bruce and, and, and Superman at the end uh, where they're talking about their parents, um, uh, Clark mentions that his mom's still alive, and and Bruce says, "Well, do you see her much?" And he saw, "Yes, I see Martha quite a bit." 
that seemed odd that he would say that. Mar- <laughs> that I see Martha quite a bit. It just seemed weird. Yeah, you don't really call your mum by a, by a first name. No, unless you're like estranged from them, and you're like, oh, no, I don't see Martha at all. <laughs> but that's not that's not what he's saying. It's just it struck me as being odd and out of place. But uh, yeah, it, an, an odd choice by the writer to to put that as a speech bubble. But uh, I think he had to put it there because then then Bruce has to say, oh, well, my mom's name is Martha too. Okay. Otherwise, it, but uh, you know, th- there had to have been a better way to go about it. Than yeah. That. Yeah, and you think he would know that if uh, he's the detective that he is. That's right. All right, well, that's our comic book discussions. Uh, the a bit of news around uh, about the place outside of comics, TV, and movies. Uh, the Superman lawsuit is ongoing. There was a, a news story this past month that uh, seemed to get a bit of headline from a couple of websites and that uh, made out like DC Comics, Warner Brothers had one... The, the legal battle against both the Seagulls and the Schuster side of things. And while uh, decisions had come down in favour of Warner Brothers and DC Comics, it was, as I've been un- to, uh, led to be to understand it, a formality uh, that um, allows Toberoff, the uh, uh, lawyer on behalf of the Seagulls, to uh, formally place his appeal on the decisions because he was waiting for all the decisions to come down because until they all were placed, then he was not able to formalise his appeal. That has happened now, so it seems like the win that happened this week, or that was uh, reported this week, was more of a formality than anything else, and uh, if anything goes in favour of Toberoff because he's now able to launch his appeal and uh, do that formally. Well, as I say, you're almost always speaking over my head in terms of what I'm able to understand and comprehend, but uh, uh, it sounds to me as if... um, this is still going to be an ongoing, mm. uh, long, drawn-out process where um, even though he was ruled against, Tobarov expected it and has been waiting, in fact, because he wants to appeal, which just makes it go on longer and just gives him more time to come up with more reasons that he should be able to appeal again next time. <laughs> it just seems <laughs> one appeal after the other, and it just doesn't appeal to me. Not at all, sir. Now, at the Superman homepage, it's been a busy past month. Uh, we had the announcement of the Shield Awards. Uh, the 2012 Shield Awards gave you the opportunity as fans to vote on a number of different uh, categories from the comics, TVs, movies, uh, everything in the world of Superman. And the results are in. Uh, and uh, some the, it was no surprise to me to see that the Justice League uh, cover that showed Superman and Wonder Woman kissing was the voted the best cover of 2012 a very nice cover i i uh personally like i love that cover myself i and it was one of the ones that obviously had uh all of newsdom talking and a lot of people saying things like see that how super is he dumps his longtime wife lois which obviously is not not correct but uh, we've already discussed that uh uh but yeah um not really surprising to that one either it's a very i mean jim lee it's kind of hard in this day and age to to beat a jim lee uh cover and, and his artwork obviously is uh is top notch exactly so check out all those results of the 2012 shield awards uh they're available on the website now they are announced back on december 4th so uh have a look through back through the news pages uh to find those results the other results that we got in were the 2012 superman homepage survey 
Uh, we ran a survey to see what you think of the website, how you think we're going, where you think uh, we need improvement, and uh, we also launched a new website design, a new theme uh, on the back of those survey results. Uh, one of them, the more uh, common comments was that uh, you thought the website needed a facelift, uh, so we've incorporated that into uh, what the website looks like now, and uh, most of the uh, people out there think that it looks good, are happy with the new theme, and uh, we thank you for your participation in that survey because it helps us make the website better for you moving forward. I'm enjoying the new look myself. Cool. Glad you like it. And uh, the only other thing I wanted to mention before we move into the big questions segment of the show is that our iOS app, the app available for iPhones, iPod Touches, and the iPad, uh, is, uh, is, has been updated. It's a free app, so get to the App Store uh, if you haven't already and uh, download the Superman homepage app for free. You are just all about giving people gifts in this, uh, in this holiday season. Yeah, I'm just, just giving, giving, giving. You're brimming with generosity. <laughs> uh, thank you very much. Well, let's move into the big question segment of the show. Let's start with the big question. Last month's question was, when and how do you listen to the Radio KAL podcast? That's what we're doing right now. Chris G. responded with this audio answer. Hello, Stephen Scotty. This is Chris G. Last month, you asked how we listen to the Radio KL podcast. I usually listen to it the day that it comes out or the day after, and I use my iPad, and I use a program developed by Apple called VoiceOver, the screen of the iPad. It's designed for to read the people with visual impairments, and I also use an app called iCatcher. And this is a podcast catching app. It's a standard app. And I'm going to sh give you a quick demonstration of how this works. So I have my iPad here with voiceover running. 424. Slide to unlock. Eyecatcher. Podcasts. Back button. Superman. The su Superman homepage. Radio Cal. Button. The Superman homepage brings you the latest news and discussions about the world of Superman in the last refresh. Actions for podcast. Actions for emphasis. Delete actions. Podcast. Search podcast app. One downloaded. Heading. Radio Cal number 95. Superman homepage.com. This episode has audio. Episode 95 of Radio Cal. Stephen Scotty selected. Radio Cal number. Superman homepage. Radio Cal. Back button. And there you have it. Hope you enjoyed the demonstration. Well, thank you, Chris. Uh, nice to know that uh, you are on the ball, jumping on it and listening to the show straight away. Uh, it's beautiful. And on the iPad, you know, we're all about the future here at the Superman homepage. <laughs> George Amaru wrote, uh, I usually listen to Radio KL and pretty much all podcasts on my computer or iPad while I'm sitting at my drawing table drawing comics or doing other illustrations each month. Podcasts are, are great because I can listen to them as I draw without ha having to actually watch them in order to be entertained. Nice. Hmm, that's, you know, we here at the Superman homepage love uh, when people send us uh, pieces of artwork that they've drawn while listening to the podcast. Yes. Uh, Rick Ruiz wrote, 
Hey guys, as always, a great job on the greatest super site. I usually listen to Radio KAL Wednesday mornings as it becomes available to listen at home on my laptop, KAL Live on Tuesdays. I look forward to all of them every week and every month, and who knows, maybe one of these days I'll actually call in and share a little with you guys. Scotty, I hope you had a super birthday skating around on your fingerboard. (laughs) He's, of course, referring to the Young Justice uh, skateboards, mini skateboards that they were giving away with the Happy Meals at McDonald's. And I did. I did. I sat around all day, the entire day, (laughs) trying to do tricks, and I'm no better at it than I was when I first sat down. Now, Hector writes in. He says, I listen to the podcast on my iPhone via the podcast app that connects to iTunes. I listen to it either the day it came out, comes out, or the following week, and I listen to it at work. Happy holidays. Thanks, Hector. Happy holidays to you as well. Bob Moorhead writes, I'm a mild-mannered reporter for a great micropolitan newspaper, so I'm on the road a lot covering council meetings and the like. I always catch up with my Radio KAL podcast during those trips to and from. Very good. Well, thank you, Bob. Now, Chris Hewitt writes in, Hi, Steve and Scotty. My answer to the big question is I like to listen to Radio KL on my iPod while I'm either driving to work or home in my spare time or if I'm out walking or if I'm cutting the lawn or doing odd jobs around the house. I also would do the same for Radio KL Live, but I'm two to three weeks behind with the live show. Keep up the good work, guys, and have a super Christmas. Thank you, Chris. Man, that guy sounds like he does a lot. Like, I'm so lazy. Like, I don't think I'm out walking ever. I haven't cut the lawn since July, and uh, (laughs) I just don't do any work. Man, Chris, keep up the good work, man. That's awesome. Billy Hogan wrote, uh, there's no particular place I listen to Radio KAL. I listen to it in my car. I listen to it at home. I listen to it at work. I listen to it on my iPod. I like Radio KAL, with apologies to Dr. Seuss. (laughs) Very creative. Thank you, Billy. Uh, Arjun L. writes, hi, Stephen Scotty. Like the song says... Any way you want it, that's the way you need it. As soon as I know the podcast is out, I download it through iTunes. Then it travels with me either around the house or to work until it's done. I practically inhale your podcast and won't answer the phone. Not sure if I should seek treatment as I think this is perfectly normal behavior. Don't you? Happy holidays and thank you always for all the fantastic job you do. All night, all night, oh, oh, I'm sorry. You, you, just, you were just waiting for someone to come in with a song answer. I was, man. That guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a person after my own heart. Um, <laughs> you never saw if Arjun L is a woman or, or a man. I'm not you? exactly. I, I feel like we've covered this before, <laughs> we have. and I feel like Arjun L is a girl, <laughs> and is. I apologize. <laughs> I feel badly. I do. Um, but last but not least, we have an audio response from one of our regulars, Mikey B. Hey, Steve, hey, Sky, it's Mikey B. Uh, when do I listen to the show? Um, most of the time it's at work, but sometimes in the car. I've taken you guys on vacation. Um, sometimes uh, working around the house. Uh, it's just great to have the show. Um, I love having the show that's concentrated on Superman. And, um, yeah, just, it's great because you guys are portable. So, you know, take you anywhere. Um, so keep up the great work and, um, thank you. Take care. Well, thank you, Mikey. Uh, always listening to it in the car, always has a response to us from his car. And, uh, thank you. He seems to do it, listen to us everywhere. Like a lot of people do. Uh, yeah, man. Why that. wouldn't you listen to us everywhere? Yeah. Take us on holiday, take us on vacation. 
listen to us in church. <laughs> no, maybe not in church. In school, while your teacher's telling you stuff. Yeah, a few people listening to it at work, which is interesting. I hope you're not getting into any trouble. But uh, thank you for your loyalty and for continuing to tune in uh, to this uh, monthly podcast. Now, what's our new big question, Scott? Oh, what did you like most about the Man of Steel trailer? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, rather than ask you whether you liked it or not, because we'll just get, yeah, I loved it, yeah, I loved it, and maybe a one or two I wasn't sure about it. Uh, we want to know what you liked about it. What part of it was your favorite part? What was it that you know that excited you about this trailer? Let us know by using the big question button found at the Superman homepage and send your answer in. You can send it in as a text response. Uh, email it in and we will read those out or like a couple of the guys did this month you can send in an audio answer as an mp3 file and we will play those on our next radio kal podcast we got a lot of answers this month that was really incredible yeah cool thank you everyone for uh, responding to the big question oh boy it's super secret soundbite time Last month's sound came from the Fleischer Superman cartoon titled Volcano. Only four people guessed it correctly. Jeremy Crawford, George Amaru, Rick Ruiz, and uh, Billy Hogan. Congratulations, guys. Uh, let's good see job, job. if those people and more can guess where in the world of Superman this new sound comes from. Well, if you think you know where in the world of Superman that sound came from, Use the super secret soundbite entry form found at the Superman homepage and send your entry in. Each person who guesses it right will have their name read out in our next podcast. Where in the world does the super secret soundbite come from? There you go. Another song. Thank you. Ah, uh, Superman song time already? Already. Now, Holy this, moly. this month's song was sent to us by Ted Lehman who co-wrote this song with Randy Bishop back in 1998. It's titled Superman Fan, and uh, Ted says to us, the song is about integrity and trying as an individual to live up to the ideals and values that Superman stands for. So uh, many thanks to Ted and Randy for allowing us to play it here on Radio KAL. And if you like uh, the, the sound of this song, you can check out their websites at tedlehman.com. That's T E D. L-E-H-M-A-N dot com or, and the other one is randybishopmusic.com that's randybishopmusic.com the way it sounds, the way it's spelled Very nice Here is Superman Fan Superman man I'm a good man 
for another month now uh it's our last show for the year that's incredible i i it flew by for me the year and this particular show i couldn't believe we were at superman song time already (laughs) now uh remember if you do have a suggestion for the show maybe there's a topic you think scotty and i need to discuss maybe there's a song you would like to uh request or one of your own that you've written uh, maybe there is a big question you'd like us to send out 
and find out answers from the fans out there. All those suggestions can be sent to us using the KAL feedback form found at the Superman homepage. Or you could use email. We uh, have our own email addresses. Mine is steve at supermanhomepage.com and Scotty's is scotty at supermanhomepage.com. Now, that's the show, as I said. Uh, as this is our last show for 2012, I'd like to wish you all a very Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and a super new year. I look forward to 2013. It's going to be a fantastic year for Superman fans. Not only as do we have the Man of Steel movie to look forward to, it's also Superman's 75th anniversary. So uh, stick with the Superman homepage for 2013 because we are going to have a bumper year. It sounds fantastic. I'm really looking forward to it. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy holidays. And remember, when you look up in the sky, you just might see a fat man in a red suit. You've been listening to Radio Kale, brought to you by supermanhomepage.com. Hello, everyone. This is Superman, bringing you best wishes for a very Merry Christmas from Lois Lane, Perry White, Jimmy Olsen, and myself.